No, 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 no. Not today, Satan. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbishare. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. On this week's Crash on My Couch... We talk about the greatest British blunder. <laughs> we talk about a Stranger Things conspiracy theory that will blow your socks off. Blow your socks off. And we talk about how funerals are now going to be run by robots. That sounds scary. All this or more on Crash on My Couch. Well, hey, hey guys. guys. I'm Art. And I'm Will. And you're listening to Crash, Crash on, on My, my Couch. Couch. Nailed it. That was coordinated. Yeah, that was beautiful. We're back in the studio again today. Back in the studio. Very excited about it. Recording a funky rhyme. Rhyme. What if that's what we did instead? We were like, we told Emma that there was like, we needed to come and record Crash My Couch, but we just actually just dropped a spit fire, some bars, just a fire mixtape. Sixteen bars. Yeah, sixteen bars. Is that the standard? Piece of piece of rap. Rap information, right there. Cool. I don't know how many bars you're supposed to spit. I just hear bars plural. Well, Kanye says sixteen bars. So I trust Kanye. I do, I do. We've talked a lot about Kanye and the Kardashians in our podcast, haven't we? We have. I feel like we're those type of people that we always say, like, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't pay attention to the trashy news, but that's all we pay attention to. Listen, the Kardashians and Kanye West are not trashy. (laughs) They're not anymore. They are part of our culture, modern day heritage. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day because there was that interview that came out with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Kim Kardashian. It was really good. You should watch it, but. It was weird because A, Kim looked stunning. She looked beautiful. As Will said. In this she movie. always looks stunning. Wait, can I say what you described her as? Will what? said that Kim Kardashian looked like a snack. A snack. A snack. That's she, looked, she looks radiant. Yeah, she I looks mean, beautiful, radiant. She's glowing from within. I'm like, I want to know what animal fats you're injecting in your face because <laughs> they look so good. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence was all over it. She was, like, doing a really good job. It was, like, a really big comeback for both of them, to, in my eyes. Like, I was watching both of them, and I was like, yes, girls, yes. Like, interview, do the thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, but then I was realizing, I was like, I have this connotation of Kardashians as being, like, trashy reality. Because when I was a kid, that was, the, obviously, keeping up with the Kardashians was, like, known for being trashy reality. And obviously, it still kind of is. But I feel like they've elevated for some reason. Like, they've evolved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now they're dictating what people wear and like what makeup they put on. I feel like that's been happening for a very long time. Well, maybe, had maybe it's had influence on people for like, like maybe it's just now getting to years. me. Like I can't remember a time when, when the Chris Kardashians Jenner wasn't weren't around. Like who was who was before Kris Jenner? That's a really good like, question. Where, where did it keep going? Did, does someone, it go far back? Really, honestly though, can someone message us and be like, tell us who the Kardashians were before the Kardashians? Who who were the people? I think they've. I think they're just immortal beings that just can live. They're va- what if they're all vampires? They're all vampires. <gasps> Big booty vampires. Big booty vampires. That's the first porno I'm ever going to produce. Big booty vampires. Nice. Part two and three. 
Starring Kim Kardashian. Starring Kim Kardashian. Oh, my God. Wow. We've started off this episode so weird, and I'm so happy about it. Um, um, so, <laughs> anyway. What's been up with you, though, Squilliam? Nothing's been going on with me. What's been going on with you? <laughs> Such a quick answer. I mean, you finished up your film, finally. Yeah. Like, finally, finally, though. Yeah. Because, like, before it was like, well, I'm looking at music. I don't know. And now you have the finalized music i'm just exhausted to talk about it i understand we don't have to this is your safe just space talking about it gives me ptsd so i'm just like okay that's... why it was such a pleasant experience no it wasn't it's was so stressful it's so stressful wait editing everything yeah okay okay everything. well i mean it is your first well, i've just ridden a wave i'm like coming down off it right now I'm that's like, oh, true wow. well what was that thing there's that quote by martin scorsese he talked about um in his master class which um we're gonna definitely watch but um, there's these episodes of, of these shows called Masterclasses that you can watch on, like, writing, like, film writing or screen screenwriting. Yep. They're, like, really big people that come in and do Masterclasses. Well, anyways, Martin Scorsese is doing the director's version of it. And one of the things that he said in the, like, teaser for it was, if you're watching your first edit of your film and you don't feel sick, something's wrong. So I'm, I'm sure that's... Oh, I felt sick all right. <laughs> Still feeling sick. <laughs> Can't stop feeling sick. Um, no, what's been going on with me? Nothing too crazy. I need to make a goddamn YouTube video. But I think I'm going to try to get you to be my meme adventurer again. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, do you want to be in my meme, another meme video with me? Yeah. With meme? 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 I don't know. I'm trying to make a joke out of it. It's not going to happen. It's not happening. I know. It's not going to happen. But I do want to do another video of just us exploring memes. So let's do it together. Do you want, <laughs> do you want to? Arden's like giving me this little grin I'm across the room. Grin because I really want. Can you hear my smile? Yes. I can I can hear your smile. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> it's because I really want you to be in it. Anyways. Okay. So that's what we're doing this week. We're going to actually record YouTube videos. Will's going to make a YouTube video. It's going to be a miracle. And... Um, it's going to be great. We're going to release one in the next week it's or two. It's going to be popping and locking. Yes, but I think we should probably get into our first segment. Yes, let's do it. Yes, our first segment is... Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's the Weekly Idiot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and we're talking about someone who I actually don't think is an idiot. I love this person. To death, actually. I would lay down my own life for her. Oh, wow. And that's Prue. Prue. From GBBO. Which is the Great British Bake Off. A.K.A. the best feel-good show in for the those, entire universe. For those of you who don't know what the Great British Bake Off is, let me give you a quick lowdown. Yeah, give us a lowdown, Brett. Um So, the Great British Bake Off, big hit show in the UK. Mm-hmm. Initially, it's been on the BBC for the entirety of its run. Does that mean that the public pays for it then? Yeah. Like it's I, sort of like a more successful PBS? Uh, yeah, I think so. Wow. Love. Um, I love the BBC. What? So what happened was is Bake Off, big show, it recently went to Channel 4 because Channel 4 outbid the BBC. For the show. For the show. Like a production company basically makes it and so Channel 4 were like, actually, we're going to pay you more cash and so... Uh, they switch networks. Thus, it's gone to Channel 4. Right. Uh, but what happened was... Everyone was really worried about it. Yep. And, and there was an exodus of cast members where some of them yeah. decided to stay, some of them decided to yeah. leave. Explain the relevancy of that. Uh, it, it was a, it was a huge, big deal. There were, like, 
the two main judges. Oh, I guess I need to explain the format. I can't I've just realized we haven't like given any context. <laughs> That's with. so true. I've done such a poor job of this. <laughs> this is a crash course on Great British. Okay, so by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm just assuming everyone. I'm assuming people have seen it, and if you haven't seen it, you should. Can I explain it in like the most? It. Can I explain it from an American's perspective? Yeah, sure. Just tell you exactly what I see. So it's a bunch of like wonderful salt of the earth British people who have like a hankering to want to bake or they're really good at making their mom's like famous cake recipe or whatever. Like they love baking. They're not professional. No, they're not professional chefs or um, patisserie. What what do you call that? Bakers. There you go. Bakers works. I was like patisserant. I was like, that's a word, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No. So they're not professionals. Like they'll be like, it's so fun because in the interview it'll be like, James has been an engineer for 20 years in North London, and he's coming in quick with his toffee and caramel apple cake. And it's like, you're like, yes, James, show us, tell us about it. Um, and so that's the entire format is it's a bunch of normal British people that all get in a giant white tent yep. out in the English countryside. Yep. And they all just like bake things and together. Yeah, they have, they have like three different rounds. They have uh, these two judges. That at the end of each round, go and like critique what they're doing, and at the end of each episode, someone gets um, kicked off, kicked off, the which show. is so sad. Like you love everyone, but so it's much. so sugary sweet. The whole show, like it just kind of makes you feel so good. It's like a hug. Like it reminds me. I say this to everyone, but it's the same feeling I get when I watch Gilmore Girls. Like it's just like a hug. Yeah, it's such it, a huggy show. It just makes you feel so good. So yeah. anyway, people were, who were very much into Bake Off. Uh, were concerned about the Channel 4 move because people were like, oh, it's not going to be the same because um, a judge ended up leaving, the presenters on the show ended up leaving, yeah. so they had to get a new presenter. Anyway, jump ahead to like a year later, the show came out. It was fantastic. Oh, it's bomb. It was so good. I can't even remember the old format. Oh my of the gosh, show. I don't care anymore. Mary Berry, who? And you no, should I'm absolutely. kidding. Mary Berry's great. You should, <laughs> but but um, Prue, I love. Yeah, you should absolutely watch it. So, yes, yes. anyway. What happened was is what happened was the whole of the UK was focused on the Bake Off final. So in the Bake Off final, there was three contestants, yes. three juicy contestants. We spent like ten weeks watching. Mm-hmm. We've invested in. We paid attention to them, and now we're going to see if they're going to win it. But and do you want to see what happened next, Arden? Oh right, yeah. So this is this is actually where the Weekly Idiot comes in. Just so you know, that entire explanation of Great British. Bake so that, that so this is the Weekly Idiot. But... Yeah, this is the Weekly Idiot. So basically, this was covered like everywhere. But yeah. This article is on abcnews.com. Great British Bake Off blunder. Judge tweets winner's name. So Prue, the new who is so wonderful. She's by so the way. good. I love Prue. I want her to be my mom. She ended up basically getting the time zones wrong for the show. And guys, I like I can't stress to you how much of a big deal Bake Off is in the UK. It's like Oh huge. It might not seem like this is a big deal, but like this is like I try to think of an equivalent here in the US. It's like if like American Idol circa like two thousand eight, like if someone had tweeted the name of one of the judges yeah. or one of the winners. Yeah, like so it she... would have rocked the world. It's yeah. the same thing. So she got she got the time zones wrong, right? Is that correct? She was God? traveling uh she was traveling somewhere that had like a completely different time zone. So she had just gotten squirreled up, and I'm sure the network was like, "We need you to tweet this or like give some kind of social promotion," because we know that side of stuff. Yeah. So the, it was probably honestly something that she was supposed to do, but they just like squirreled up the time zone just a little bit for her, which sucks. Yeah, and so she messed it up. She got the time zone wrong and tweeted it. Oh, it was gosh. a it was like a, an hour, a few hours before the the final ad, right? Yep. 
Well, I mean, okay, so here's a like a good example of how big of a deal this was. Last year, nine of the country's top ten TV programs were episodes of the series, with the finale being watched by nearly 16 million viewers. People are obsessed. It's a lot of people. Yup. It's a lot of people. So, fortunately, Will did not see this. I almost did, though. Like, I went onto Twitter, and, like, on the Moments tab, it was like, uh, Prude has accidentally tweeted the da-da-da-da-da. And, like, as I was, like, ready, I was like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Not today, Satan. Not today. Not today, Prue. Not today. Yeah, it's just so typical. And, you know, I was laughing with my mum about it, because we were, like... Such a classic British blunder. Like sometimes oh, we yeah. do things so right, but then a lot of time it just like goes just wrong. It like just, we're just bad at, at, at like sometimes organizing things. And I can just see her looking at her phone and going, "Oh bother!" Like just being like, "Oh damn it!" I don't think she saw it though. I don't know if my mom did see. It. I don't think she did. I think she said she tried to avoid it, which mm, is good. Mm. But yeah, that would suck because you are so invested in these people, and it just. Mm. I don't know if that's has that ever happened before. Like something on that day and age, like that's really bad. I haven't heard of anything like that. Well, it could only, that could only have happened recently because Twitter's only become a thing in the last, like, ten years. Yeah. Can you believe that? Like, you just ruin the ending of the show. Well, also, like, people sign crazy NDAs constantly. Yeah. So, like, the fact that she did that was probably such a huge breach of contract. I know. That's the thing that sucks. It's not like she's an idiot. It's like it just sucks for her management team that they all have to scramble then and, like, get the tweet down. Yeah. And try not to ruin everyone's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's so stressful. Like, she must have just been chilling out. It said she was, I think she was traveling in Southeast Asia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that messes you out. Time zones all over the place. You know what? Look at the clock on your iPhone. Look at the clock app. Uh-huh. Look at all those time There you zones. go. So if you're you know. Prue, next year, don't give it away, please. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Prue, unfortunately, you're the weekly idiot this I week. I know, but I don't think of you as a weekly idiot. I think you of you as a, as a yearly, universally genius person. So... <laughs> Oh, and by the way, if anyone watches Great Bridge Bake Off, um, go tweet at us. <laughs> like, go, just go and give us a little poke and tell us what you thought about the new season because we loved it. Love it. Noel and um, who's the who's the girl comedian that's the other – I can't remember her name. Noel and the other one. <laughs> They're like our favorite people on the entire show. We should know her name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I – I should know that and I don't. I don't remember anything. Uh-uh. But Paul Hollywood was killing it this year. Yeah. Prue was an amazing judge. Tell us who you wanted to win as well, because I'm curious. We wanted Liam to win. We're not giving anything away. No. We're not giving anything away. Anyway, let's move on to our next segment. Yes! Which is... Conspiracy Conspiracy Cam. Mm. Oh, that was like a little Irish jig you put on it then. I just thought I was feeling the British flair. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I would, you know, go back to my my roots. Um, this is such a fun article, and I'm so excited that you were busy on your email when I read this out loud because I'm so excited for you to hear just the title of this. Okay, let on me. Okay, I'm gonna say this in an appropriate voice. The crazy Stranger Things theory connecting Steve and John Ravio. Interesting. And if you didn't get that, it's the crazy Stranger Things theory connecting Steve and John Ralphio. Steve and John Ralphio. John Ralphio. Um, this is on Thrillist.com. Okay. Also, big thanks to Kate, one of our listeners, who sent in this conspiracy theory. Uh, you rock. And I'm very excited that you brought <laughs> this to our attention because this is maybe my favorite. I'm so jazzed to talk about this. 
Um, because I saw it. Steve looks, if you guys don't watch Stranger Things, what are you doing? Have you even been on the internet? Watch it? No, I think they definitely watch Stranger Things, but I don't know if they've seen Parks and Rec. Everyone's seen Parks and Rec too, though. Mm-mm. Parks and Rec's a big deal. Listen, honey. Whoa. In the UK, it's hard to watch Parks and Rec. It's, like, not a thing. Yeah, but in the US, it's huge. And, like, most places, it's huge. Parks really? And that's, just like, that's just, like, a big statement. All right. Everyone who's seen Parks and Rec, tweet it well and show them how wrong he is. But listen, um, I know people have seen Parks and Rec, but, like... John Ralphie is a living meme. <sighs> Do you realize that? Like, he is every... He is the meme. He's amazing. Everyone knows John Ralphio. Okay, well... Anyways, John Ralphio, dance upon me. So basically, Joe Creary, I think that's how you say his last name, uh, who plays Steve on Stranger Things, cool. says there's an actual connection to John Ralphio in Stranger Things too. <laughs> like, there's an actual... And I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm so excited. Because also, I just want to throw this in. Steve is my babe. He's my favorite character. That character development in season two. So good. So good. And that's a quote from a tweet that had John Ralphio as the gif. Really? Yeah. So obviously, there's a connection. Um, so we're not going to like give anything away, obviously. But obviously, Steve, Stranger Things character, is back for season two. And people loved him in season two. Like, he's definitely the fan favorite. If you go on Twitter, Eleven is obviously still getting stuff. Hopper's still getting stuff. Will's getting stuff. Like, definitely everyone is getting their love. But Steve is getting the most love. People love Steve. Love Steve. I've seen people, like, I've been looking through and, you know, I can see who favorites my tweets and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of them are Steve fan accounts now. Wow. People love Steve. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's so cute. And, like, in that season, he's, oh, he's just so For good. For those of you who um who haven't seen uh, Parks and Rec as well, um, John Ralphio and Steve look identical yes they're two different actors they've actually done bits on jimmy kimmel together or like or jimmy Schwartz? fallon yeah where really they, where they're like side by side doing stuff because they look identical so similar it's like so strange how similar they look um, yeah like steve just looks like a younger hotter version of john ralphio big yeah. shorts and so um because you haven't really aren't familiar with parks and rec or maybe you've seen it and forgot john ralphio is this like hilarious um slapstick character in parks and recreation that is just this like kind of fuck up that kind of always he's always involved in all these crazy outrageous ideas but none of them come to fruition or work out yeah and he's like a rich kid like his dad has money so he'll be like daddy money please well yeah. his sister does that but he does it too he's just that he's just part of this like horrible family he's just like he's just a character you just love to hate because he's so annoying but he's Ugh. amazing at the same time but here's where the connections are which is crazy okay tell me ready Okay, almost immediately after the show debuted, viewers began to see similarities, noting that Steve, played by Joe Creary, bears a striking resemblance to the Parks and Rec fan favorite would-be Lothario, portrayed by comedian Ben Schwartz. Both characters are cocky, live in Indiana, and most importantly, have amazing hair. Oh my god, they both live in Indiana. They both live in Indiana. And so the theory is that Steve, the character in Stranger Things, is... John Ralphio's dad or grandfather? Interesting. Or I guess it would be dad, because it's set in the 80s. But we've seen John Ralphio's dad, and he doesn't look like Steve. Well, he could be older, though. It's an older Steve. Maybe Steve, you That's know, true. You know, who was also played by a famous So is this just one of those crazy theories, or is there any like, evidence to this? Um, Joe Creary, Creary, Creary or Creary? Yeah. 
he was tweeting about it and like confirmed it. Just confirmed it. Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, this is happening. Yeah. So then there's this whole other theory that goes into the idea that Pawnee is actually a sunny inverse of the upside down. What? Yeah. Yeah. And that John Ralphio could be Pawnee's version of the upside down monster. <laughs> a terrifying force that sucks souls. That's ridiculous. How interesting in that is that? Oh, and then here we go. Uh, so then Ben Schwartz tweeted airtight logic. The John Ralphio at Stranger Things secret is out. And, like, posted this whole video of a theory. Like, Ben Schwartz is trying to confirm it. He just secretly wants to get on the Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know he He's does. like, well, I mean, I could could be a cameo, I guess. <laughs> I would be so into it. That's crazy. People come... The fans who, like, love cult shows, like, Parks and Rec and Stranger Things, they come up with the most outrageous theories. So good. But it's so much better when, like, the actors actually support it. I just want one of them to, like, be, like proven or like true like the pixar theory we talked about before i don't know a lot of those cartoon network theories they're all these like batshit amazing ideas but like none of them are really like realistic i know but i think this one actually i obviously it's not realistic but i think in a universe in which both production companies and like amy poehler agreed to it you could have such a hilarious snl episode oh my gosh they should like together oh my gosh i would love it i mean there's like there's other things that say that it's pretty similar like the fact that <laughs> the fact that Steve plays basketball really poorly like he gets schooled by that mullet guy oh, yeah. in season 2 yeah. is very John Ralphio. That's true. Like there's like little things like that. And uh Kiri told USA Today this week, my sisters keep sending me funny Steve/John Ralphio things, but I love John Ralphio. He was like my favorite part of Parks and Rec. He'd show up, tell the best jokes and leave. So he's great. So basically, they're the same character. That's and so funny. I fully support this conspiracy that <laughs> Steve from Stranger Things 2, well, Stranger Things and Stranger Things 2, is the same character as John Ralphio, basically. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or his dad, theoretically. I love it. I love it so much. I want to know, I want like full, if anyone else can send us any more fan theories about that, I want to hear the full dialogue about it, because I'm obsessed with it. And I love that every time Steve does anything in Stranger Things 2, there's a meme of John Ralphio that can go with it. Like, that's a that's a bona fide thing, and I'm really, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, moving on to our final segment of the day. Okay, tell us about it. So, our last segment of the day is... What the fuck, Japan? What the fuck, Japan? We haven't uh, done one of these in a while. I don't think we have, no. We've um, just been so obsessed with all of the Weekly Idiot stuff, I feel like. But I'm excited to do this. Yeah, so, radio. I thought this was just kind of like a really interesting thing. And probably like something which is probably going to happen in the future. But like, I don't know, I just, it kind of feels strange. Anyway, so, I was reading this article which is on Mashable. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about uh, robots of the future. And it's talking about Ooh. like how in the future... Robots just going to become, like, the norm, basically. Robots. So, the article is about how robots could replace monks at funerals. What does that even mean? So, in <laughs> in, in Japan, um, when there is a funeral, mm-hmm. they usually get a Buddhist monk to come in and do, like, a ritual and... Um, bless the body. Bless the body and go through this whole thing. But they're saying, because sometimes it's difficult to get a Buddhist monk and to like they're, they're doing other things or they're 
um, doing another funeral, like it's sometimes hard and it's expensive as well to do it. Well, because only I'm sure that there's only like a specific like there are very few Buddhist monks that have like the level of dedication to go through with the entire right. process. Yeah, that's a good point. So there are very few of them to go around and there are people dying pretty regularly. Absolutely. So <laughs> they're saying um, if the family can't afford like a human practitioner, they might be able to get a robot who's Whoa. like dressed in like Zenyatta and like a Buddhist gown mm. to do the funeral. Oh. And I just thought like that is something which is probably going to be the norm, isn't it? In the future. Yeah. We're probably going to have robots doing everything. It's weird, though, because I think about, like, you know, a funeral or any kind of, like, almost religious ceremony is that is not the entire point to have, like, a human connection from the universe to Earth or God to Earth. Is is doing it through a robot disrespectful to that idea? Yeah. I mean, that's all I, I mean, like, I think about okay, if you did that, then what would it be like to have a preacher who was just a robot? It's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, what if you just had someone just, like preaching the gospel, but it was just a robot? I don't know. What do you think? Because this robot has been made to just do that one thing. So it's been made just to bless be able to bless the body and to be able to do this ritual. Oh, like... it has it actually been made then? So, yeah, they've, they've designed this robot, which, okay, so it's Japan's Nisai Eco, they developed the funeral software for Pepper, which is the name of a robot, as an alternative when a Buddhist monk isn't available and the family can't afford it. Okay, so it is a thing that's already been So, in, yeah, they're, they're developing the software in order to do it. So, it it's interesting because it's like, if it's got all the intricacies of, like, a ritual and it can do all the things a human can do, then, mm-hmm. like, Why is there you? a big difference? I don't know. I don't know if there is a big difference. I think, like, the intention behind it is a big difference. Like, obviously... It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, someone has to program that robot to do that. So I guess, by definition, there is a human behind every ceremony mm. because someone programmed that. So I understand that. But I don't know how... I don't I don't know... Being the first person to be blessed by a robot Buddhist monk, which is such a dope sentence, um, but being the first body to be blessed, that would be such a dope thing. But then does it lose its amazingness when you're like the 50th body that is being blessed by this one robot well yeah and i would think like you know to be a buddhist monk and probably a buddhist monk of that like stature who can do that for mm-hmm. a funeral mm-hmm. you you must have to spend so much of your life getting to that kind of spiritual level where you can do something like that so for it to just be like a loaded preset for a robot is a little disrespectful. It, it does take it away from it i guess yeah yeah well it would make you feel a little bit jaded wouldn't it because you're like, I want this person that has all this experience and, like, amazing... Um... Has this, like, kind of spiritual soul. or yeah. you know, Everything that kind of goes into yeah. that. But it's just interesting because I think in the future we're going to be having robots doing all these things that we never thought they would be able to do and they're just yeah. going to be there doing it. Yeah. And we're just going to not think about it. Do you ever think, like, why aren't there more robots around now? Yeah, I think about that. I think about that because I remember that that being like when I was growing up, I remember a lot of the cartoons or like the sci-fi shows that I would watch was all about um, the worry of AI takeover. And obviously you still get movies and shows like that. Like, you know, we were obsessed with like futuristic technology and stuff like that. But I feel like the amount of worry that we had over robots like taking jobs and like doing all this crazy stuff, it hasn't really played out as much. Well, I think the thing... I think the thing is, it has, it's just not in the, the way we it's subtle. thought it was. Yeah, because it's not about, like, I think maybe in the future, future, like, in 50 years' time, maybe there'll be 
actual robots robots walking Mm -hmm. around doing stuff Mm -hmm. but you know we've like in the last 10 years we've we've created things like siri on our phones Mm -hmm. like the amazon echo like that we can talk to our technology our machines now like that's that's a good point that's like a weird thing like that wasn't and that's that's as robotic as it as you can imagine it to be that's something out of like a sci-fi yeah you can ask it jokes you can ask it the weather you can you can ask it questions you can talk to it so i i think it's like we a, have robots around but it's it's in a different way yeah and like things that are om- automated like i don't know what would be a good example of something that's been completely automated and used to be something that people handled yeah um, even like grocery stores like the fact that you can go through like a like a computer yeah, and never have to yeah, deal with someone yeah absolutely like you could i think theoretically you could go through a lot of your life not having to deal with other people mm. if you think about it yeah. Like, it's crazy. You can do everything online now. Yeah. So I guess, in a way, we have, like, a technology overhaul where, like, uh, a robotic Buddhist monk isn't actually that wild. I think it's just the embodiment. Yeah, you're right. It's it's how they take shape because yeah. we're, we're actually – we're very conditioned now to, like, robots but in a different way. Like, in a way, like – That's isn't, comfortable. Yeah, in a way which is, like, in your phone or, like – on it's your subtle. kitchen table yeah. or whatever. But like a person, like a robot human. There's not a face to it. No. No. no, no but no. like a robot human monk is maybe weird. But you know, they say like the next biggest thing humans have to deal with will be uh, when we create artificial intelligence that is self-aware. Like like in every other like sci-fi movie. Yeah. Oh no, that terrifies me on the regular. But I think that will that will happen. I think that's inevitable. Oh yeah. So it's just when that happens, like that's when it's going to get really complicated. Oh, will you be a mole person with me? A mole person. We're going to have to hide underground to stay away from the robot invasion. Like Terminator style. Seriously. Skynet. Blade Runner. Oh my gosh. Yeah, literally. You, but here's the other thing though. Do you think in like a world where there's like a robotic overhaul, they would let you download your memories and become a robot? But then it's like... Because then you have part of you that's, like, able to be empathetic and human. Like, you can you can kind of... Like a Blade Runner, you can kind of, like, exist as an android. But then is that actually you? I don't know, but I'm kind of into it. I fell down this, like, black hole the other night where I was reading this article <laughs> about how if you, like, transfer your memories into something, whether that means that it's just another version of you like because what happens to to you you just you die my body dies well you die and then they're just copying (laughs) they're copying you into something else so you don't keep existing there's just another it's like another part of you is existing i don't know i wouldn't be sad about it i think it's better than just like becoming nothing yeah you know i think i I would rather have a copy of myself than not exist that's true i think there's like have you but you're not controlling it yeah that's true but also, I think, you know, I'm pretty dope. I, I'll let my secondary self run off. What if they, like, mess it up and, like, all this is, like, kind of a glitch? Whoa. And you're just and a I'm psychopath. Evil. You're an evil Arden. That's pretty dope, too. That's kind of a dope legacy. Evil Arden. Your bangs kill people. Sick. Honestly, I wish I had that now. Yeah. I'd be pretty into it. Did you ever play Mass Effect, the game? No. There was like a whole. You would love that game. I, I've I've played it, but I haven't like played the played story. It. Yeah. This the third one, I think, or maybe it's the second one. Second one or third one. You befriend, um, an AI. Like you go on this like AI planet. I think someone sends you on a mission to destroy the like AI technology because it's gotten too powerful. Mm. 
Um, so you can either destroy it or befriend it. And it's called Legion. And it's just a robot that can control... Like, it's a, like a network. Yeah. Like, it's a network of different robots. And you have one of the robots that comes on, like, your team and, like, helps you out and stuff. Mm. But, like, their whole game, basically, is debating whether AI technology is, like, deserves the same rights as humans. That's why I think you would love the game. Because it's, like, it's such a moral compromise. But yeah. I always chose to keep Legion alive. Because you can either shut it down or keep it alive. Right. And I'm pretty sure if you shut it down, something really bad happens. I can't really remember what happens. But... That game has tons of consequences. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah, I love that game. But anyways, yes. Okay, so off subject, but you need to play that. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. There you have it. Some interesting existential ideas for you to, to mull over on your evening dinner or your morning cup of coffee. Yeah. I don't know where you are. Where you're... But have fun staring into a blank wall, deciding whether or not you would download your memories, even if it's not really you. Oh, what a light note to end on. <laughs> um, <laughs> as always, thank you guys for listening. If you have any uh, ideas and things you want to shoot our way, please do. Tweet us, Arden Rose. And <laughs> my name, Will Derbyshire, uh, and we will be reading them. Yeah, we will. So on Twitter, yep, and Instagram, if you want to comment, do your thing. Yep. Um, make sure to leave us a voicemail at 424-262-6824, an email if you want, and uh, we'll, we'll try and, and do whatever segment you're feeling. Thank you, Kate, once again, for that beautiful Conspiracy Camp episode. <laughs> I'm so happy about it. I would have never known about that theory otherwise. Um, so thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye! Bye! Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kakuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you.